HR leaders, what's on your mind these days? Is it AI? Is it the economy? The talent market? Remote work? Retention? DEI? Pay transparency? New laws? Our 2024 Workplace Trends Report outlines how HR leaders are thinking about these challenges and what they believe will help their organizations overcome them. Want to find out what they said? Head on over to peoplemanagingpeople.com forward slash workplace trends 2024 and download the report to find out. You're listening to the first ever podcast of People Managing People. Welcome to the show. We're people managing people and we want to lead and manage them better. We're founders, we're owners, we're entrepreneurs, we're middle managers, we're team leaders, we're managing people. And yes, we do human resources, but we're not HR, at least not in the traditional sense. We're on a mission to help people lead and manage their teams and organizations more effectively. So if you want to lead and manage better, and if you want to become a better organizational leader, a more effective people manager, then please join us. Keep listening to this podcast to find the tips, tricks, and tools you need to recruit, retain, manage, and lead your people and organization more effectively. And while you're listening to the show, please subscribe and join our mailing list on peoplemanagingpeople.com to stay up to date with all that's going on. So allow me to introduce myself and what this podcast is all about. So by way of introduction, I'm Ben Aston. I'm the founder of a company called Black and White Zebra. We're a boutique media company. And what we're all about is making serious and boring things understandable and a lot more fun. And our big mission really is to help people and organizations succeed. And this is a project that I'm interested in personally. I'm on a journey myself to manage my people better, to find the best of company culture, employee engagement, talent, and human resource management. And I don't want to do it alone. So you see, the way it is, is that I kind of see myself as an HR person, not by choice, but more by default. And so I'm on a mission myself to get more competent to get more confident and to connect with others, managing people and leading people. I want to lead and manage better, and I hope you do too. So People Managing People is a community for people people. Whether you're an owner, a founder, entrepreneur, middle manager, team leader, or maybe you're the real deal. Maybe you are an HR professional developing your career. This is for you. This is a community to share, to learn, and to grow. So next up, I want to introduce the real host of our podcast, and he's a guy called Tim Reitzmer. Tim is a culture creator with Spark Creations, and he's also co-founder of the Culture Assassins Media Company. Hello, Tim. Hey, Ben. It's uh, it's so good to to be on the podcast. Well, thanks for coming, and thanks for hosting this. Of I'm course. just introing it. So <laughs> Tim has got stacks of experience managing people. He's passionate about helping and equipping others to become better organizational leaders. And Tim is going to take on our first ever residency on the People Managing People podcast. So a massive welcome, Tim. And today we're going to be talking about this new community that we're starting. It's called People Managing People. And I'm going to talk to Tim about his current role as a workplace culture consultant. And then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into covering some leading and managing basics. But let's talk about people managing people for a minute, shall we? Um, let's 
let's talk about what we're creating and why does it matter? I mean, let's talk about people managing people. What does that mean to you, Tim? Well, people managing people, that's a, that's a great question. What does it mean? Uh, it means that, you know, this is a community for anyone who is, who's leading people. Maybe you're currently leading people or in the future you, uh, you will be leading a team. Maybe you're thinking of starting uh, a company. You will need to build it out and, um, and you don't really know what to do or how to do it. And I think this is the community we're creating is, is a, is a fun, interactive, supportive community on how to, how to lead. It's not just for HR people or for that HR community. I think there's, there's a lot of good insights there. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit more than that. So, you know, we're on a mission to help people lead and manage their teams and organizations more effectively. I think that's what you said in the intro and, and that's what we truly want to do. Nice. And so, I mean, you work in HR, but would you call yourself an HR person? I mean, I've made an assumption that I said, I say you work in HR. Would you even, would you even call yourself an HR person or is that just me imposing that upon you? You're not the first one to impose that. And so I kind of laugh at that uh, because my, my career has, is definitely hasn't been traditional HR. Uh, I just have a passion for people and, and, um, and, uh, my background is operations. And so by default, I love finding more effective ways to engage our people. And, and so I landed in this, um, in this quote unquote HR specific role in consulting. So yeah, I mean, yeah, t- tell us about being a culture creator. What, what does that, what is, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I work with, uh, with a company here locally in, in Vancouver, British Columbia called Spark Creations. And we're a network of consultants and my title is culture creator. I just have a, an awesome opportunity to partner with companies, small, medium, large uh, in multiple sectors, um, who really just want to elevate their culture, their workplace culture. More and more companies are now understanding that it's it's really a strategic advantage to articulate what do they actually stand for and are they actually living what they stand for? And um, so that's, I guess my title is a culture creator. I, I partner with organizations and leadership teams to, to help them and to, to guide them down a path of, of creating a, an effective workplace culture. So, yeah, I mean, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. So when you talk about effective workplace culture, what, what are the hallmarks for you of an effective culture, a healthy culture? What does that look like? Well, it's, um, whenever we go in to a, a company, we, we love to ask a couple questions and we typically sit down with the leadership team and we ask them uh, questions related to, to culture. And so, we ask questions around you know, values and purpose and employee engagement and what's top of mind for people. Whenever we ask a question about values, it's, it's an interesting reaction. We typically get a couple of different reactions. So leaders will stare at the floor, you know, not want to make eye contact because they don't know, they don't want to get asked or they look around on the wall because they hope, um, they hope that they're written on the wall somewhere. <laughs> or, you know, not, not actually not very often. We actually get leaders who know what their values are, what they stand for. And what this to me really tells me is 
is if leadership teams of people who are leading other people don't know what they stand for, how, how do their teams know what they stand for? You know, how do they make the best decisions? And it's just a fascinating little exercise to do. Um, so if you're listening to this and, and want to put people on the spot, um, yeah, you may get some interesting reactions about this, but well, let, uh, me, well, let me put you on the spot then. So mm, sure, <laughs> love it. <laughs> allow me. Turn at the wall. Allow- I'm looking at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at the wall. Tell me what's written on the wall. Uh, so for, I mean, let's talk about uh, for, for Spark. So as mm-hmm. a culture, as a culture creating company, um, have you guys got defined values of your own? Yeah, yeah, totally do. It's uh, our we have three values. It's love, connection and fun. You know, we we love completely. We we believe in bringing your whole self to work, not just, you know, separating work and life. It's it's we have life and that's it. So so we love completely uh connection. We're about connecting with not just internally with our network of consultants, but um but with our community and with our clients. So driving deep connection. And fun. If we if we're not having fun, we need to reevaluate what we're doing. If it's all serious, nobody's laughing. We're not sharing stories. We're not actually, you know, wanting to get out of bed to to do what we got to do. Um, we're not having fun. So those are the three values that we we strive for. So the co-founders of Spark Creations, Lori and Eileen, um, you know, developed these many years ago. But we review them uh, every every quarter. Uh, and we're again a network of independent consultants, but we all have a say in in are these the values we're still living? Do they still make sense within this organization? Yeah, no, that that's cool. I think my experience of um, developing values for a company is that you know when you shared your values just now, I was like, oh yeah, those are good. I'll take those. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I read someone else's values, and I'm like, yeah, I mean they're good. I'll take some of those as well. And so how do you get to the point where you're like, hey, these are ownable and meaningful? Because I think we can values. I mean, the reason that we define values is because they sound like a good thing. Um, and they are, uh, you know, they, they reflect what we want to be and how we want to act as an organization um, so that we've got some organizational integrity. Mm. But, um, but how mm-hmm. do, yeah, how do you kind of decide or, or get to that point where, hey, yeah, this is a, a meaningful value rather than me just saying, hey, well, I like your value of fun. So am um, I going to pick that one too and um, add it to the pile? Oh, there's, that's <laughs> a, a great question. And uh, you know, there's, there's multiple ways to define values for personal values or organizational values. And, you know, one approach is just print off a list of value words and circle which ones mean something to someone. Um, I would not recommend that approach, so don't do that. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, we all have values, whether we've articulated them uh, for our own self. Uh, but we we all have personal values. So our approach at Spark is is when we go into organizations, we we actually ask everybody in an organization what what do they hold of value, and we run some exercise. We ask some questions um, uh, to get to the heart of what those values are, and um, but really, you know, we sit down with the leadership team and it could take hours, it could take days. And, and we put together a list of, of, uh, questions. We ask some questions and we pull out key words out of those questions. So 
one of the questions we may ask is who inspires you and why? Um, right. Another question we might ask the leadership team is, you know, what fires you up? Yeah. And, and we start pulling out value words and, mm. and we quickly start to see a theme from th- those statements or their answers, uh, even though they're all individuals, different individuals, but we start to get a theme of what do they stand for? Yeah. And, um, and I know we're, we're kind of going down this, this, uh, this path of culture and values, but you know, when you're leading people, when you're starting an organization, you got to start on a foundation, not just cool. We got a great product. Um, now we got to go sell it, but you know, what is going to guide our decisions? How are we going to bring people on? Um, uh, what are we going to say yes to? What are we going to say no to? And, uh, you know, the, the famous story about values is, is Enron. I hope I can say Enron on the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> you know, back in, uh, in, in their heyday, like one of their values was integrity and, and then they collapsed and a bunch of uh, top people went to jail. Not everyone yeah. was, was corrupt, but, you know, if it's just written on a wall or in an employee handbook, it's, it's just a word. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you um, recommended in terms of like actionable advice for people listening, um, this, this kind of gut check, well, not even actually, it's not a gut check. <laughs> it's a values check, um, of sitting down quarterly or however frequently you decide to do it, looking at your values and then evaluating how in the last quarter or whatever period it is, have we exhibited these values? What does, are there any examples? Are there any, are there any stories of how we've had totally. fun as a company? And, um, yeah. if, if those values really are true, um, then there will be, you know, story after story of how that value has come to life. There'll be, you know, times where you'll be recounting the fun you had and then you're like, okay, well, yes, fun is definitely one of our values. And that's true. We still want it to be a value and we're living it out. There's some, there's some integrity there, but I think that, that approach of not just defining them and, um, you know, teasing them out, but also checking whether or not they actually still hold true is really, really valuable advice. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And, you know, as a leadership team, or even if you're a leader of, of team of one, it's still something to reflect on, but also it's a great way to dive into employee engagement. So if you're doing one-on-one check-ins with your, with your team or, um, or you've got performance reviews or whatever process you're following is, even just have the the person sitting across from you reflect on you know what values um, have shown up in the last month, in the last two weeks, in the last six months, whatever it is. What's resonating with you? What's not resonating with you? Do we need to change anything? And uh, it's it's a great reflective exercise that we recommend that I recommend um, we you do with with your team. Nice, yeah, that's. That's, that's good advice. And you, I mean, you touched on employee engagement there and it, um, that's obviously a, a good buzzword to, to throw around. Um, but what does employee engagement mean to you? Yeah, it means that, um, that her people are, are fired up, are excited to be doing what they're doing. They, they know what the purpose of the organization is. They know the vision of the organization. I believe purpose and vision are two separate things. And they know how they can contribute to pursue that purpose and vision. So if you've got a, a vision of, 
if you're a tech company and and you've you have a vision to you know be the first in in delivering x y z or z depending on where you're listening from uh in, in your specific industry then then your people are if your people are engaged they know exactly how they can contribute to that vision and so you know if if you stop what you're doing and you if you're listening to this you know press pause get out of your desk or your cubicle or your office and go ask people and say, hey, hey do you know how you're contributing to this vision of the company? If, if you get a resounding no, um, you may have some engagement issues on your hands. Yeah, and, and what's recently, well, at least recently for me, um, that I'm hearing more about in terms of employee engagement is OKRs, these objectives and key results. What What's your kind of take on uh on that in terms of a tool for engagement um there's lots of actually now software tools being developed like seven geese um fifteen five culture amp uh purdue there are some tools out there that you know help us track uh or define okrs and and then track against them and the idea being that employees are more engaged if they have clear objectives and key results. But then what you're talking about then is how that filters up to the overall vision of the company. And um, are people jazzed about and fired up about coming to work every day and about the big vision? Um, so let's talk about like OKRs and <laughs> how that kind of the, this for me, this gap between vision and OKRs when we're kind of tra- trying to translate vision into objectives and key results. Um how well does that work for engagement and what other ingredients should people be throwing in there? Yeah, well, it's uh, I think this is a whole series of podcasts on its own, but uh, you know, we could let's dive into that um, maybe a little bit high level. So, you know, I mentioned you've got a vision of an organization. So typically that vision would translate into some sort of strategic plan, whether it's a, a rolling strategic plan or it's a one year, two year, whatever it is, that strategic plan likely has some areas of focus. So what uh, what is your company going to do, your organization to do to achieve that plan? And then how does that plan support the vision? So, you know, there's maybe a couple steps away or in, in that process, at least what I've done with with other clients is is really start articulating, you know, how how do how do people then contribute? I love the idea of, you know, OKRs, you know, the objectives and key results. It's measurable. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a straightforward tool to use to measure progress. Now let's say, let me use an example. So if, if you're listening and you get out, out of bed on a Monday morning and you don't know what you're going to do, you, you don't know what you need to achieve. You don't know what. You know why you need to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you're going to be engaged? Probably not. Is your performance going to suffer? Absolutely. Yeah, I was reading uh, a study, and this is an older one. It's from 2015. It's a, a U.S. study, and I believe uh, 68% of people are disengaged in in, in work. And I also found okay, well, cool. 68% are disengaged. So what does that mean? And there's uh, an interesting calculator, and we'll we'll post this out uh, that I found on LinkedIn: a cost of disengagement. Right. So you know, if I, I believe it's you know, ten thousand um, dollars per sixty thousand dollars of salary. So I may be butchering that, but but regardless, there's there's ways to measure that disengagement. So 
having your vision, strategic plan, focus areas, and then linking your objectives and key results, your OKRs back to that. Yeah, it, it gives you a sense of purpose. So let's say now you get out of bed and you on a Monday and you know exactly how you can contribute to the growth and stability and, and, and community of your organization. You know, when I say that, I, I, I feel like I'm already more engaged. Yeah. I'm, I, I know that I've got a purpose. And so there's great tools out there. I think you mentioned, you mentioned a number of them. Um, I've, I've seen culture amp in use. I, I know clients who, and companies who use seven geese. Um, so I just, pick out those two and because I they're familiar a little bit familiar with them and it's a great way to track it does it solve the problem of engagement absolutely not does it replace the need to actually have conversation with your team and and people no but it's a great way to to track progress nice and so i mean what we're talking about here in terms of employee engagement um in terms of culture, now these are things that typically uh, are are owned, I guess, by an HR team or an HR department. Um, and you know, personally, for my case, and how I you knew I, in the introduction, I said, "Hey, this is me. I run a company, and mm-hmm. um, I <laughs> I'm an HR person, but uh, you know, I've but that's by default, not because I've chosen to be one, and." For many small companies, you know, they're not big enough to have an HR department. So I'm curious as, you know, a culture creator that you are, I mean, I, I kind of cast that HR title or responsibility onto you, <laughs> but I'm, um, you know, I, as an HR person who's not an HR person, you know, I de- I deal with recruitment. I deal with, um, yeah, hiring and firing. <laughs> I deal with, um, employee management in terms of payroll and benefits insurance you know all those kind of things um and yeah i i can i have these things because i have to do them but for someone like me for a a lay <laughs> a lay hr person what how would you describe human resource management what what does human resources mean to you and maybe you can as you're kind of describing that you can think about what are the things that a someone like me who does de- HR because I have to rather than by choice? Um, what, what are some of the things that we should be watching out for or particularly conscious of because we're not professionals? Have you got any insights on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you define HR, human resources, really, yeah, I, was, I was, did the old Google search on you know what does what does HR mean? And in yeah. a traditional sense, it's a it's a department, maybe its own siloed department within an organization, uh, within a business that really represents all things people or worker related. So you're effectively wearing a department hat um, because you are responsible for all things people related. And when I say all things. You've mentioned a number of them for, from recruitment to training to hiring to running payroll to benefits to coaching, right? You, you, you probably have to once in a while put your coaching hat on because somebody has an issue, you know, personally or professionally that you need, they, they want to talk to you about. Um, you're responsible for engagement. You're responsible for labor relations for everything it falls under you. And, and, uh, you know, if I'm, I can't see you, but I can probably imagine your face going like, oh man, that's a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, 
but I think what what uh, what can be done is is sharing out some of that responsibility. Um, we worked with a, a client here in Vancouver. They're a company about thirty people, and they don't have an HR team. There's no dedicated HR person. Right. So I, I asked him, like, I asked the CEO, like, how do you manage it? And he says, well, they've they've actually kind of spread out some of the tasks. So if um, you know somebody's responsible for payroll, so they've kind of farmed that out to more of the the finance side of the business, or benefits, maybe that's somebody else, or you know another co-founder could take a look at and manage something else. For performance reviews, performance management, they, they're raising up another leader within the organization and putting some of that responsibility in, in to build out that framework on them. And you'd be surprised. I think people are eager to take things on and, and learn something new. Yeah. And I think one of, one of the things that I have discovered that, that is useful is that, um, yeah, there are tools that integrate some best practice into them. Um, and I'm not saying the, you know, the solution to all my HR woes is, um, simply just to keep buying more tools. But there, but there are tools that begin to integrate things like Bamboo HR is great. Uh, for example, uh, but human resource information systems, um, performance management systems, uh, workforce planning systems. Um, there are tools out there that can, that actually integrates some best practice. And I think when I begin to use some of these tools, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a really interesting and useful step that I should be thinking about um, when screening applicants for a new role, for example, or when I'm doing performance appraisals. Um, you know, they, they guide you through some of the steps that as a non-HR person, I might not think about or I might not, you know, consider doing. Like, hey, let's have quarterly performance reviews and let's set the goals for the performance reviews um and let's have these check-ins and and you know things begin to become a bit more automated so um i don't know if you've familiar with any uh, tools or any tools that you've seen used that uh, have been particularly effective that's a it's a it's another great question there's there's so many tools out there to to manage um manage your people and i think it's you know right for, you, you you kind of said it, it throughout the podcast is as a business owner who is by default the HR person is what um you know really sitting down what what are your needs as a business owner what do you need help with do you need help with um in the engagement side do you need help on reminders of performance reviews or check-ins or whatever it is um you could use something as simple as as a Google Doc or OneNote to track it but uh, some tools that I've I know um they're quite popular. Ultimate Software, um, Bamboo HR, those ones seem to come up in in a lot of my research. I, I haven't used them personally, but um, but they've come up quite a bit as ways to to really manage manage the workforce. And these aren't necessarily just tools for HR people. It's like, oh, I don't have an HR team, so I don't need it. Well, you know, again, get out of your desk, ask your people if they're engaged, ask them. Um, maybe not directly ask them if they're engaged, but, yeah. uh, you know, start, start having those conversations because, you know, um, people need that communication. They, they need to know where you're going, how they contribute. Uh, this needs to be a deep level of trust and then start tracking it. And, 
you know, the best thing from my experience is, you know, I came out of a, a tech company and, and managed um, a, a, a large workforce across the globe. And I would sit down to do check-ins with my team or performance review. And I would just go to our system and all the notes were already tracked there. Hmm. So I didn't have to think back, you know, or think back a year or think back six months to all the projects that were completed on time or not, or things that worked and didn't work. We just tracked all the notes in a system and it summarized it for, for our check-in and our performance review. So it really simplified the process. So definitely we'll have, um, We'll have some tools for you. Check out peoplemanagingpeople.com for a list of top tools and, and also in the future, some breakdowns on on which ones uh, work best for and for who. So Nice. Cool. And I mean, tools are one thing. Another thing that is obviously hugely important in our development as people managing people uh, is the community aspect of it. And that's, that's really why we founded peoplemanagingpeople.com in the first place. We are trying to create a, a birth, a new community for people who manage people for it's, it's HR for non HR people. And, um, obviously we're just starting out. And so I'm curious, where else do you go? What other blogs do you read, uh, in your work as a culture creator or what other resources do you find yourself dipping into that other people, uh, should add to their reading list? Yeah, I've, I've attended uh, a lot of HR conferences this past year as I've been with Spark now for, for a year. And, you know, from somebody who is a non-HR person, uh, HR conferences are geared for HR people. So there's a, there's a lot of great conferences out there. Um, and I know on the, on the website, we've listed out, uh, the top, yeah. uh, top 2020, um, conferences to check out. Please do so. Uh, some, some resources that I really find, uh, great is, um, Patrick Lencioni. He's the, the founder of, it's called the Table Group. So I really like what he writes. He really talks about healthy organizations and how to create healthy organizations, not from, you know, everyone is, you know, physically fit and, and that type of thing, but just again, are, 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 is your company, um, thriving? Yeah. And another resource I really like is Donald Miller. He, he's the story brand guy. He has uh, a daily email that comes out and it's a video cast, um, called business made simple. A lot of great tools and tips and tricks in that. So that's how I'm kind of rounding out my, my, um, my, my tool kit, if you will, just, just garnering that. So again, lots of great HR conferences. And I would also say as if you're a non HR person, right, if you consider yourself a, you know, just by default, you've landed in this position, go to an HR conference, check mm-hmm. it out. Uh, you will, f- you will, maybe even find uh, your next hire, somebody who who you need to bring on your team to manage um, manage your people and, and give you support there. But you will you will see and hear from um, industry experts that will just give you so much insight. And uh, so, so definitely check it out. Check out the conferences. Cool. Well, Tim, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you for being our resident host of the People Managing People podcast. We're looking forward to having you host various guests over uh, the next little while. 
Uh, I know we've got a good lineup of uh, guests who were booked to come on the show. So uh, if you want to learn more about managing people, if you want to hear from other culture creators, people who are coaching people, leading organizations and managing organizations, then subscribe to our podcast and leave us an honest review. Uh, if you will tell us why you love us or hate us. <laughs> Either way, it's greatly appreciated. And we'd love to invite you to come and join our gang. So comment on this post uh, if you're listening to this on the website or if not head to peoplemanagingpeople.com to join our soon to be launched slack team and you'll find all kinds of interesting conversations there going on about all things leading and managing people but until next time thanks so much for listening